The Grappling Hour is brought to you by Ludagear, athletic support items created by grapplers for grapplers. Fire Grub Meal Prep. Meal Prep. Done right. What's up, everybody? It's your good friend, Rafa Sparza, and guess what? I have a friend with me uh, as well. Uh, before we get to his name, I mean, you can see him right now. His name's Christos, Christos Yagos. He fights for the UFC. It's no big deal. But before he comes on, I want to give him a short introduction, which is this gentleman is, uh, he's a lot like when you're rolling with. I, I really want to make that clear. I don't stand up and, and fight with this guy, uh, but if I did, it'd be a lot of problems for me. Uh, he is fighting over in the UFC very, very soon on December 1st for us. It's December 2nd technically, but they do that weird thing where they make them travel internationally and fight all the heroes in their hometowns. Ladies and gentlemen, let's say a nice hello to our good friend Christos Yagos. Christos, how are you doing today, sir? Yourself. Absolutely, man. It's always good to see you, too. And here's the question I have for you, which is, how do you control the excitement of, of going to fight internationally? Because it seems like they send you everywhere. <laughs> um, you kind of just get used to it. Um, my first time, you know, they sent me to Brazil. Actually, I've been to Brazil four times. But they sent me to Brazil, and I was just excited to be in the UFC. So, obviously, you're just like, yeah, you know. And then the second time I went to the UFC again, back to back, and went to Brazil. Um, then you're just like, all right, well, I did it already, so let's do it again. You know, it's not that bad. Then I go to Russia, then you go back to Brazil, then you go back to Brazil <laughs> two more times, and now I'm going to Australia. Um, you just kind of adapt and get used to it, and it kind of becomes normal a little bit. You kind of, I mean, I would love to fight you know, my hometown again, or even Vegas. Vegas is one spot I want to go to because a lot of my fans, you know, can go because I do got a pretty big fan base out here in SoCal. But um, you kind of get used to it. And um, I've actually been wanting to fight in Australia. That's where I'm going now because mm. my sister lives out there. So she'll oh, be coming. Really? Yeah, yeah. She moved out there with her boyfriend. And um, I actually, when I was fighting for ACB, I asked them, like, yo, can, um, you know, since you guys are international, can you send me to Australia? That was the one spot I wanted to go to. So hmm. when I got this call, it was like an easy answer, you know. Um, so I know it's far, but I'm excited. And my brother's coming down, my girl's coming down. So it's going to be um, a fun overall trip, you know what I mean? They get to come watch me, and then I'm staying an extra week to hang out. So I'm just super excited about this one. That's awesome, dude. And, and I have to ask this because I'm, I'm curious. What was that journey like to the UFC back? Because I knew 
you were you were close. Like you were putting up good performances that would merit a return back to it. But I knew that it was something you were gunning for and you made it a goal and you were able to make that happen. What did it feel like when you ended up getting the call that you were coming back? Oh, man, it felt great. You know what I mean? Um, like my manager called me, said I was fighting Charles Oliveira. And first thing I told him was I was going to shock the world. Unfortunately, the fight didn't go my way. Made a little mistake. It was going my way until it didn't. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. And you know, but, but let's put that in context because here's the thing. The fighters can't necessarily talk this about themselves. You were looking good on the stand-up exchanges. You, you yeah. were really, really solid, especially in that first round. Like You had a good control. You had a good pace. And uh, you made one small mistake. And when you have a seasoned professional like Oliveira... He took advantage of it. Yeah. But like up until then, I want to make sure that we're not exaggerating that we're just kind of saying like you won the fight, you know, until you didn't kind of a thing. It's like, no, if you go see that fight, it's a very solid performance for you and uh, one that I, I, I think deserves credit for that. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. You know, and um, just uh, looking back at it, um, a lot of times I, I, I get I give. My, my, like if I fight a jiu-jitsu black belt, I tend to give them a little too much respect, mm. and I don't, and I and I tend not to trust my own jiu-jitsu, which I won't be doing anymore because I roll with a lot of good black belts, and I and I do very well, and I need to just start trusting my jiu-jitsu and and not like and not and not, not panic and, and get too worried about being on the ground and forced to get up, you know, so. Um, that's a little thing I took away from the fight is, you know what, for now on, I don't care who I fight. I don't care how good they are on the ground. I'm going to just trust my jujitsu and, and play on the ground a little bit. You know what I mean? And then, and then if the opportunity comes that I can stand up, I will, instead of forcing to get up. And that's where I think I made my biggest mistake was I was too eager to get up, which I left a lot of openings for him, me being worried about getting up. So it's all good, you know. He capitalized. He he's one of the best. I mean, he, obviously now he technically he is the best um, <laughs> at so hit the submission game in the UFC. He set the record. So, um, but it's all a learning experience. I had a great time. It was a, it was an honor to fight him, and uh, I'm looking forward to this next fight because now I get to just do what I want to do. I, I'm, yeah. There's not really anything I got to be too worried about except, you know, his right hand. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what's fun about uh, you talking about the fact that you're grappling is something that you trust more. Like, in the times that we've rolled, and it's not like I, I roll with you a ton, but, like, I always can tell where people are going on their jiu-jitsu journey uh, just relative to the last time I rolled with them. And, yeah. like, there's no doubt. Like, you're you're very strong. You're very solid. You you have great explosive movement, which is um, part of the reason why you're, like, well, you're, you're thinking get up, which is a very, like, MMA instinct of, like, Nah, dude, you, bad positions are bad positions. You know, you want to sometimes use that energy to get out. Um, but man, you were so much more controlled and composed. Your transitions were so much better. And I happened to see, I think you were just training there today. Uh, what is your secret there? Like, where are you training that's helping you pick up uh, parts of those tricks? Well, it's just not one place, you know what I mean? Um, I, I, get to, I guess I'm training with Jiva, who is one of the best to ever do it. Jiva Santana, who it's his birthday today, so happy. Oh yeah, I saw yeah. I saw a couple memes and and like yeah. uh, photoshops of him being excited with birthday cakes around him. So <laughs> I could tell. I was yeah, like, man, so, that's uh, good for him. That's awesome. 
that's one spot I get to go to. And then obviously I go to Black House and get to work with all the top level athletes over there. You know what I mean? We get a ton of athletes coming through that gym. You know, um, even if they just stop by for a week or two weeks, you know, we get Tony Ferguson, Alan Jovan. Um, Diego Brandel is there right now. You know, Kevin Casey's one of the best to do it. Um, just, just, just a ton of athletes. You know what I mean? That um, come by and um, um, the grappling level there is just—it's it, awesome. You know what I mean? And uh, so I get a lot better just learning from there. I've been going to Carlson Gracie's now, uh, South Bay, uh, Redondo. Mm-hmm. Um, learn, learn like getting my gi back and uh, my gi work back into play. Do you? So, does that come like? Especially when you're in a fight camp, though. Do you get excited to do gi when you're in a fight camp? No. <laughs> but, you know, what's crazy is people say that, you know, when you train the gi, um, your defense gets better. I mean, yeah, like, uh, yeah, your defense can get better. and But, like, your offense is, eh, it's like, because you, you, it's kind of cheating because you got all this friction. But, mm. but What's crazy is when I was doing a lot of gi, I wasn't in camp. I was doing a lot of gi, uh, jiu-jitsu, and I was catching a lot of guys, like, because I just felt so much tighter. Mm. And then, and then I was doing, you know, no gi, obviously, still. And then, and for some reason, you know, like I felt like my my offensive game was improving in the no gi as well. So it was pretty interesting. I was like, I'm just seeing a lot more things. It could be that I'm rolling more. Who knows? But I really enjoy the gi now. I don't grab the gi. I don't. I don't do that because it's not part of my game. I never even learned any grips, to be honest with you. But um, I like to defend against it and, uh, and 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 still use my offense, but not grab the gi. Sure. No, I get it. Um, you know, the gi is lava. Whatever. I just for me, I just laugh a lot because uh, I do both in a given day. Like, all if I have two training sessions, they will one hundred percent be one in the gi and one no gi. And I just find that my my IQ for positions goes up higher when I'm doing both because I just – I can translate and I can kind of make them work uh, to yeah. complement each other. And so when people say they don't train one version of it, it's not like I get mad at them or anything. I just kind of say like, oh, hey, it's kind of like an extra secret weapon if you know how to use it right and utilize something out of it because I get it. If you guys are training uh, for a big fight – the geese maybe not the first thing I feel you have to go for if that's not your thing. Yeah, for sure. And you are definitely forced to use other moves. Like there's a lot of no gi moves. I uh, uh, my whole game is basically a no gi game. Mm-hmm. But when I'm in the gi, some of my, uh, my my special moves get shut down because I can't slip out of things. You know, right. so I'm forced I'm forced to try to use other moves that I can do, which starts to apply my no game my, my no gi uh, game as well because since i'm using these moves more now i got more weapons in the no gi so it's um it's it's, it's pretty cool and, and i love it and i i've I messed around in the in the gi this camp a couple times still because it, it's becoming a part of me a little bit that's cool good for you well i'm glad to hear that i didn't know that that was that was happening on the side i know you're going over to carlson gracie in training but like, I didn't expect you to give this sterling endorsement of a gi in the middle of our interview today, sir. Yeah, yeah no, it's all good. And and what's good too is like you learn to because um, you get like hot and and claustrophobic a little bit, and learning to deal with that can help in uh, that's true. You know, bad positions of fights a lot of times. So I just I just because that is the one of the few things that does slip people up is they'll be like. 
oh my god, the ghee gets so hot, and I'm like, I don't even notice. Like honestly, yeah. my brain just uh, considers it normal to the point where when I'm rolling, I'm just kind of like, oh right, I'm wearing this giant like robe yeah. essentially. Oh yeah, that is weird. Nah, yeah, first couple times I had to take that a couple breaks, not because I was tired. I was just hot and like claustrophobic a little bit. And yeah, it took it took me a little bit to get used to for sure. Absolutely. Let's talk about this, dude. Okay, so we have a few things we need to discuss. I guess first and foremost, um, I'm glad that you're a fighter for a number of reasons. Um, I feel like you you live and you thrive in that world. Um, I'm concerned with the amount of which you love to sing and dance, which I endorse <laughs> as a performer myself. But um, you were taking your preparation for the Systems Training Center karaoke excursion, like, really serious. And I didn't know exactly <laughs> how much time you put into your preparations for singing High School Musical uh, and getting ready for that. Oh, man, yeah, you know... Um... Well, the High School Musical songs I know because you know I grew up with a sister, mm-hmm. and we watched a lot of movies together, sure. and there were a lot of chick flicks. So, <laughs> you know, and the one thing I wish I I always wish I knew how to do was you know sing because I don't know I thought it was dope. I was really into people you know singing with good voices, and I I was never gifted in that way. And that was like the one thing I wish I can do. But no, I am uh, definitely <laughs> tone deaf. I lip sync very well. You do. You really do. Because here's the thing. Like, uh, the movement is good. Um, You know, here's the worst. I don't know how to explain this to people. I think I I tried telling this to somebody once. I was like, you can't tell someone how to correct their dance posture because you're afraid that you might take away their fight posture. Because when you're (laughs) dancing and you're making transitions, I'm like, I think he just level changed. Was really what that was, and I'm not sure. Like it's part dance fighting and dance uh, wrestling, where I'm just kind of like, you know, I don't want to ruin this because he needs to be able to wrestle and, and fight better than he does <laughs> any form of song and dance. Dancing and fighting, they, they, they there's a lot of similarities. You know what I mean? It's funny whenever I get uh, like people taking my type, like my my kickboxing classes, mm-hmm. teaching someone how to kick in the beginning is very tough. But whenever we get dancers that come in Mm -hmm. they always for some reason kick very well yeah so they're they're very uh they're very they go they go together this was a saying people used to say if you can dance you can fight but if you fight doesn't mean you can always dance that is 100 percent true i uh, (laughs) I have uh i have natural rhythm and i i routinely have to uh watch myself when i'm rolling that i don't uh give away my patterns uh for timing because sometimes my brain will instinctively go to the beat of whatever's playing in the background for music. And so I'm always like, yeah, I got to watch that. Because, like, I'll know. I'm like, I just hit the eight and uh, they just daily heaving me. Uh, yeah, I better uh, I better switch up and go half steps on these. Um, but but uh, you guys seem to have a very nice thing. And I thought that one thing in particular is the thing that seems to fit you the most is probably – your interpretation of a whole new world, which seemed to be a duet. Yeah. And who were you duetting with on that one? With my boy Ali, Prince Ali. (laughs) (laughs) I just... uh... (laughs) His name's Ali. He's an MMA fighter as well. So I let him have, you know, 
Prince Ali's part in that one, and I took Jasmine's part, and um, I feel like I, I, I rocked it. You so. did, you did, you did. <laughs> you you seem to adjust very well to all the Disney-based uh, song and dance uh, kind of stuff, but there was just nothing better than seeing someone laid back and holding the mic kind of like this, and as Ali's hitting those notes, he's just kind of like, uh oh, and I'm like, dude, why are you reading the, yeah, the right. lyrics? Everyone knows <laughs> what this is. You, you yeah, I, like, I was, just close your eyes and you'll be fine. Yeah, I was, uh, I was uh, a little disappointed in his performance. <laughs> he, he claimed that he loved that song. He can sing it. Oh and no! There was uh, absolutely no rhythm to that, and uh, <laughs> it's all good. Uh, you should have, man. He tried to. Well, we tried to sing a high in here from Nelly. I did see that clip. Holy and shit. I just couldn't stop laughing because it was just Ali trying to read super fast. <laughs> I saw and, uh, I, I forget who posted it. I, it might have been either you or, or Dima. It could have been Dima or Marcus. Oh, posted it. Marcus. But Marcus also had some uh, choice moments uh, where oh, he was yeah. not pleased with me. Uh, when I sent him a comment, I was just like, "Hey, that looks pretty good. Good for you, kid." And he's just like, "I just get like five middle fingers like straight back to me." And I was like, <laughs> "Don't blame me for your inability to to modulate your voice." Um, but the other thing I wanted to talk with you about because again, you have like you're a good soul, dude. Like you have a good energy about you, uh, and sometimes when you're really just having fun, you have like a really kid like energy to you. And one of the things that you like pour that passion into is your love of the Rams. And I know you've had to endure a lot of shit, but right now it's got to be a pretty good time. Where did oh, that start from for you? Like, how long have you been a Rams fan? How long have you had to endure uh, lots of terrible jokes, I guess, at that expense? Uh, um, since I was nine years old, uh, roughly about nine years old, when they, um, I used to live in a trailer park uh, in Gardena, and the Rams were playing the Titans in the Super Bowl. And my dad was going for the Rams, you know, and I had asked him what his favorite team was. And he's a guy who likes to jump around on teams a lot. But at that time, it was the Rams. And, um, uh, you know, if you watch that game, the Rams won. And by, like, this close, the, the Titans almost scored a touchdown, but they got to, like, the like half-yard line. Mm-hmm. And they and the Rams stopped them and, and, and won the Super Bowl. And my dad was jumping. My dad's a big guy. And the whole trailer was kind of moving, you know. Mm-hmm. And, um I just remember how happy he was, and then I just remember going back to school like, yeah, Rams, 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 and it, it stuck. And then as I got older, I started playing football, Pop Warner, and you know the conversation comes up of the NFL all the time, and I just always pick the Rams because that's kind of all I knew at the time, you know, mm. the Rams and Cowboys. But um, I'd always pick the Rams, but a couple years after that, it was the longest, driest spell. Mm. They've had, they just never can pull it together, you know, bad, uh, losing seasons after seasons after seasons. And uh, I always stuck by them because, you know, I, I, I don't like to jump a bag wagon. I'm always true to my roots and I stuck with them um, all the way until they came to L.A. When they came to L.A., I got season passes. And now I'm uh, probably one of the happiest Rams fans there are. And now that they came back to L.A., I know everyone's jumping on the Ram wagon, but it's all okay. it's okay because um, man, more 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 people to share with, right? <laughs> but I just, what's funny, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, 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 what's funny is uh, I get very. That's like the one passion I don't. I'm not passionate unless 
once Kobe left, because I was passionate about Kobe too with LA, I don't really care too much about LeBron being in LA. But um, <laughs> the one thing I've, I've been passionate about the most is, is the Rams. And now that they're doing well, I get super excited, more than I thought I would. And yesterday, um, obviously, you know, you heard about the big game that went on and um, I had went to Dancing with the Stars last night, and then after we had we got to catch the second half of uh, the Rams game, and we were at a nice quiet sushi restaurant <laughs> because that's the only place they had a bar that was showing the game. <laughs> and I had to apologize to customers a couple times because you know a lot of back and forth things going on, and I'm like, damn, you know, or yes, and I'm like, and Vicky, and my girl, my 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 fiance was just like. Babe, calm down. There's people even behind us. You know what I mean? And then, like, I can't control myself sometimes. And that's like, I'm probably more passionate about the Rams than I can say anything else at the moment. Besides, you know, MMA and my passion for it and myself, like, NFL, because I grew up playing football my whole life, and yeah. it's just something I've always been passionate about. But yeah, it was a it was a fun experience yesterday. Well, good for you, man. I'm I'm glad to, to see that's kind of paying off because. You know, uh, the hardest part about being somebody who stays true to their roots and their team is that you are the guy there enduring those shit seasons and and saying, yeah, that's cool. We'll get the next one, right? (laughs) You're like, meanwhile, in your head, you know, no, it's not happening next week either. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, every year, just time after time. As soon as we drafted Todd Gurley, I was excited. We drafted... Jared Goff, I got excited, and then we had a shit year last year. I mean, not, I'm sorry, the first year we had a shit year, then we got rid of Jared Goff, I mean, uh, Jeff Fisher, and then last year we did all right. We actually made playoffs, yeah. but lost, so I'm starting to get excited, and then th- this year we draft all these players. I'm like, let's go LA, yeah, you, you, you know, yeah. we got all of these players, so, and, 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 and it's coming through, you know, they had high expectations, and they're holding up to them. Let's get. I want to ask this. I want to circle back just a little bit because oh. you know verbal taps always fun. I, I we've interviewed you on there before, and we've interviewed you kind of about your beginnings with uh, MMA and striking. But I'm always curious, like where did grappling find its way? Since we are more of a grappling based show, where did like jujitsu and grappling find its way more into what it is that you do? Like, how did I start? Mm-hmm. Um, I started my senior year. I actually I didn't want to play football because it took up my summer, so I had joined the wrestling team. Mm-hmm. And like I only wrestled my senior year, and I was just kind of like, you know, mopping everybody up on the team a little bit. And I ended the year doing pretty well, except for like when I went to CIF, I, I got to compete in CIF. I like I was so over it. Um, I had a girlfriend. I wanted to party a lot, so I didn't mm-hmm. train. So I ended up like losing one match to go to like continue to masters and go to state. But um, I got the MVP of my school of just one year wrestling and just 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 pretty well. I, like I went like thirty and nine or something like that, mm. thirty and ten of the season. And um, yeah, so I was like, all right, me and my friends, we broke in the wrestling room later that year, and we got some MMA gloves because we watched a UFC event, and we had like our own fight night, you know, and. I ended up knocking my friend out, who was like 265 pounds on the wrestling team. And then I didn't even know what jiu-jitsu was. And I just, I, my friend that I played football with, his dad owned a gym, you know, Elite Training Center in Redondo Beach. It was my first gym. 
I went there to sign up because it's the only place I knew, and it was like an MMA class. But it was mostly like a no-gi jiu-jitsu class. They just mm-hmm. called it MMA. And the first guy I go with, he's actually one of the veterans there. I start wrestling to him, and he kind of like you know puts me in guard. But like I think I'm winning because you know I'm like okay, I'm winning, I'm winning, I'm winning. Next thing you know, he triangles me, and I got choked out. And I got a little upset, so we went again. I wrestled him some more, and he triangled me again. And I sat down and at the end of class, like, this this guy just, like, choked me out with his legs. Like, did that really just happen right now? Like, what the <laughs> heck? And, I, and then I found out what jiu-jitsu was, and I just kind of fell in love. And then it kept going. Three months later, I took first my first jiu-jitsu competition. Just kept going. Three months after that, I had my first fight. I got a smoker in the gym. I was one of those guys, you know, that walk into the gym and they're like, I want to fight. I was, I was, I was that guy. <laughs> that, I mean, that does check out. Yeah. Uh, but, but here's the thing. Most people who say that don't have a background to fall on. You know what I mean? Yeah, like having true. a wrestling background, you might be that guy in tone, but you didn't just show up like in a, a fiction t-shirt <laughs> Being like, what up, bros? Let me just, let me bang, you know? Like, you came in just being like, I want to fight. And I always tell people, I'm like, you know, if you want to compete, you got to compete. If you want to fight, you have to fight. Like, you have to do those things because they will eat at you. And and, and time is very precious in terms of being an athlete. So it's like, you don't have time to hesitate. It's either you want to do it or you don't. And if you don't want to do it, that's perfectly fine. But, like, you you cannot waste those moments. So you going in there and taking the initiative, you know, is goofy because now we all know, like, well, we know those guys when they show up. And yeah. now that you're, yeah. you're a teacher and you, you work at gyms and you've seen stuff like this where you go, ah, oh, yeah. there's that guy, you know. We've, uh, we've got guys who claim he was going to be the next Mayweather and that uh, he's, like, you know, 80 and 0 in the streets. <laughs> And he's like, I'll knock out any fighter you got. So, you know, a couple times I had to put on the gloves. We make him sign a waiver. Yeah. And um, we had to show him, like, you know, what training actually, what training, what, what a training guy versus a regular guy looks like. And yeah. uh, obviously, I don't like knock him out or anything, but I'll knock him out with some body shots. I mean, <laughs> dude, again, it's, uh, you know, I, I'm so happy that you were able to take your wrestling journey and expand upon that. Uh, yeah. What notes do you ever give to those people who are trying to make that transition from either wrestling to jiu-jitsu or wrestling to MMA? Because, you know, here's the best part. You might have recognized now that you were that guy, but you're paying it forward by helping so many people achieve their fitness goals. I just always yeah. wonder, for those people who are struggling to try and make those transitions, what advice do you tend to give those individuals? Like individuals who want to fight? Yeah, maybe who are looking to fight or looking for that next thing after wrestling just okay. because, you know, the, you hit that brick wall in wrestling where you can't really do more wrestling professionally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I just – I I tell them to not even wrestle. I tell them the first thing to do is go take jiu-jitsu um, or just, you know, take strike. If they have a wrestling background, take striking, you know. Mm. But a lot of guys who, like, want to fight, they just want to train stand-up. Like, even with no wrestling background, and I think they like the first thing you need to know, the first thing you should you should know is either wrestling or at least jiu-jitsu. I would say wrestling, number one, just because it kind of plays from the feet to the floor. Mm-hmm. But um, 
Yeah, I, I, I just tell them, you know, all right, you have wrestling background. Uh, all right, get, start taking some striking classes and jujitsu. I tell them to take both because you got the wrestling already. So now you just need two more things. But I think jujitsu probably takes the longest to learn because, mm. you know, people off the streets can actually, you know, throw some hands a little bit. So everyone knows how to punch and yeah. kick, kind of, at least. Um, but uh, yeah, jujitsu is just, just, just another level. So I would, I would, I would always stick with that first. Awesome. That's good advice. I'd like to know this. What can we expect on December 1st, sir? Because here's the thing. I know you're coming in hungry, and that's not just uh, you coming in hungry for advancing your career. I mean, you have to not eat as well on Thanksgiving. <laughs> uh, but I want to know, what is it that people can expect when they see you on December 1st here, man? People get to expect to see what Christos can do because, um, you know, this fight, I don't have to worry about what my opponent's going to do or if he's going to take me down or nothing. I don't I don't care what he throws at me because he doesn't pose a threat. He has no submission victories. He has some knockouts, but who doesn't? And um, yeah, I get to fight my fight, which, which are my favorite fights. You know what I mean? When I get to go in there and just do what I want to do and not worry about anything, it's like you're going in and sparring with somebody because – you know, you just get to do you. I get to do me. I get to play my game. Like if I want to wrestle, I might go for a shot. You know what I mean? I don't got to be afraid of anything. I get to just fight my fight, and that's when I do best. And coming off a loss, I'm coming in hungry. And I usually come, I I, I usually come hard after my losses. Like every time I lose, I I come in that fight like harder than I ever came before. So. You get to see the best Christos we've ever seen, for sure. I'm stoked about that, dude. You know, I, again, I, I can't express how happy I was when you got the call back. You you are somebody who does belong in the UFC. So Thanks. to see you okay. there feels right. It feels appropriate. Um, I, You know, we talked about uh, the Oliveira fight, but it's like I never got to compliment you for what I saw there. I never got to compliment you for your stuff at ACB because I saw great strides there as well. So it's one of those things where, you know, I'm happy for you, dude. What I'm not happy about is the following. Number one, you're ducking all of my WWE BJJ uh, challenges. You just don't find yourself. You don't come around. And then two, when I do come to train, when I do come to train and you're at the same place, you don't come and shake my hand like a normal gentleman. You stuck up behind me the last time. Uh, when I was training and I was looking at you and you're like, oh, no, no, this is OK. I was like, how dare you, sir? So uh, I, I guess that's uh, that's just what I wanted to make sure it was very clear. Well, yeah, you know what I mean? And it plays in the WWE, you know, sometimes mm. they'd be hiding under the ring and they come up behind people. That's fine. I just thought so, you were a real fighter that could actually just beat me, uh, you know, without. Uh, I, I, I like to get the, the guaranteed wins. You know? <laughs> well, anyway, I can. I'm very much looking forward to what you have to present uh, coming up for this year because you and the gentleman will be doing stuff for our WWE BJJ week, which is always great. Um, but before we get you on out of here, can we take care of any sponsors, any shout-outs that you want to give before uh, we come to a close, um, I mean, I always want to shout-out uh, my boys from uh, Turp House CBD. Um, man, I, I, like, I didn't know what CBD was until I started taking it every day. And then one month in, I just my body never feels – like too sore too beat up uh definitely keeps the inflammation down and whatever else it does it's working and also my boys uh from always ready meals for keeping my weight on point keeping my meals prepped and they deliver to your house and um yeah it's pretty much it right now just getting those two 
and because uh, it's kind of when you're in the UFC, it's kind of hard to uh, hold on to sponsors because you can't rock their logos. Right, right. It's a, it's a you know it's a push pull that not many people would understand. It's like yeah, uh, I'd like to shout out my sponsors now because I can't say what they are when I'm walking out, yeah. nor wear them. Uh, and I, I don't even know, like they used to have the fight banners that used to be a thing too. So you, yeah. you would at least be able to get something there, but yeah, no, that is the one downside to that part. Um, well, of course, and, uh, you know, big thanks to all of your training crews because I know I like, dude, I just see you training constantly and that only motivates me to always be constantly training as well. Uh, even though I, I I'm not trying to fight, like that's uh, not my business. Well- after I get back, let's get some training for sure. One hundred percent, sir. I will. I will do it. And you know what? We'll we'll even do one in the gi because uh, right. I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure you're not just saying some bullshit on my show. You're just like, oh, I love the gi, and then off air you're like, hey, that was just for the show, ref. I hate the gi. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I do. I dig it. I, dig I appreciate it. it. Well, you know what, Christos? I'm gonna let you get on out of here. We All will right. be watching your fight. We will be uh, enjoying it, man. And I for sure will be, uh, you know, checking you out. Um, you guys want to make sure you're catching it. It is December 1st. It is in, I believe, Australia. So yes. get excited for that. Christos, go do the damn thing, my man. We'll catch you a little bit later, sir. Appreciate it.